Hey there, authentic leaders. We have some really exciting news for all of you today. In this podcast, we've been exploring living and leading with greater authenticity, a life aligned with what we truly care about. And David and I have found that living authentically leads to increased credibility in our leadership, along with vitality, freedom, meaning, and ultimately driving purpose in our lives. Now, the conversations on these podcasts really are an extension of our authentic leadership retreat, The Other Everest. This is a world-class event where we invite leaders at all levels of organizations and in all walks of life. They come and join us in remote locations where we turn off our devices, where we disconnect and really connect to our hearts and who we truly and authentically want to be as leaders. Now, we're aware that not everyone has the ability to up and go to a leadership retreat, and obviously for so many reasons. And for whatever reason that may be for you, we feel strongly that you should still be able to be a part of this authentic leadership journey. So the really exciting news we have is that the Other Everest World Class Retreat will now be a world-class online program for you, the authentic leader. This will be a life-changing, transformative online experience. You will be able to do this from anywhere in the world and completely at your own pace. It's a space where you can deepen your commitment to being a leader through increased self-awareness, a stronger and clearer purpose and presence, and where you can join a community of authentic, like-minded leaders who have all embarked on a journey together. That journey is to the other Everest. So stay tuned to the podcast or visit www.davidirvin.com for more information. We look so forward to going on this journey with each and every one of you. And now for your regularly scheduled podcast. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us in this episode of Taking the Road Less Traveled Through a Disrupted World with David Irvin and myself, Allie Stone. Our intent in this podcast is to have open-hearted, real conversations about our authentic journey through this disrupted time in our world. And we also feel that what we learn from this journey will be able to apply to an emerging new world when we come out the other side. In our commitment to make a difference to difference makers, we want to use this podcast to explore what's happening in this time in our lives, and as well as what's happening in the lives of those of you who are committed to making a difference, making a difference the authentic way. Now, David's mission is to connect leaders to their authentic selves, which inspires and enables them to have a meaningful impact on their organizations, communities, and even their families. David says leadership at its core is about influence and it has nothing to do with our titles or the letters behind our names or even the sizes of our offices. Leadership is about the capacity to inspire others to action. It truly is about making a difference. And Allie Stone has joined me on this journey as she has a deep understanding of what it means to lead authentically. She has spent the last 15 years of her career exploring what caring leadership looks like and how organizations can be built from the heart and still be truly successful. For Allie, leadership is life. 
She believes anything involving human connection is all interconnected in the experience of living. And she is passionate about working with other leaders who are inspired to create something similar. It is her belief that sharing her lessons will help other leaders gain deeper insights and understanding as to the infinite possibility that lies ahead for each of us when we connect with our hearts. Well, hi. It's nice to see you this week, Dave. I hope you had a good weekend. <clears throat> My voice is a little cracky. I hope it's not cracky from us filming the other Everest last week. It was, uh, I just want to say I had the most incredible end of the week with you um, and the experience of it all. And I know we've been talking about it a lot on the podcast, but I, uh, it was incredible. I feel like I went home on Friday night and I was like vibing off the energy of it all and this feeling that um, we had done something really amazing. And I was just feeling really good about it. So I hope you had uh, a great restful weekend and you got to uh, relish in some of that feeling of it as you well. You know, I, I talk in my work around the difference between good tired and bad tired. And it was definitely tired and it was definitely a good tired. And not only did we do something that was really exciting and exhilarating and amazing, we did something that was really important. And it felt like a deep sense of satisfaction that uh, to be able to record this online program and make it available for people that are gonna be coming out this fall and we're now gonna be editing it for the next month, I mean, to me, it's one of those, it's one of those immortality projects that you and I have worked with that will live, that will live beyond us both. Yeah. That will extend to the world and be available to the world to take this four-day retreat that is so important to us both, and to be able to put it in modules and sessions and exercises, was just exhilarating for me and so meaningful, and it was also hugely exhausting. I got a little, standing in front of a camera for two days, I just got a little tiny taste, right, with both of us, of what it's like to, 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 to be a movie star. And we all think it's so glamorous, right, these movie stars. It's bloody hard work. Yeah, it's not um, glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> it's not glamorous at all. It's hard and it's stressful yeah. and there's pressure. And yeah, it's pretty intense for sure. <laughs> so I guess that's why they get all the fame. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, yeah, so, it, and it was just a, such a good uh, team, you mm -hmm. and I, to work together. So good. I keep thinking about the, um, how, like, everything I do, so I try to be really intentional. I've talked to you a little bit about this before, but I'm like, it, I try to be intentional about what I do every day. I wake up and I try to act with intention, and I just kept thinking that every day, you know, I put a little drop in the pond, and the ripple effect of that is always more than I know. And I just thought, man, that was like a big drop in the pond. <laughs> and the ripple effect of that is going to be really big, right? So it's just really cool to get it done and like have that big first step of phase of this journey underway. Now we got to undertake the editing, <laughs> which is probably going to be a monster in itself. But um, we've got the core. So we just need to go from there. Absolutely. And you were just before we got on, you were talking about how excited you were about this notion of values alignment, because we were, we were certainly inferring that in the, in the material is how you know when you're off your values and what happens to you. So I say a little bit more about the challenge that you were faced with today. Yeah, totally. So um, I, I have 
a masterclass program. So it's called the Transcendent Leader Masterclass. And it's actually a six month program that individuals will commit to and work through with me one uh, Monday a month for six months. So it's a 90 minute call and in that time they're challenged. <laughs> and basically what we're doing is we're taking the idea of what it means to be a leader to transcend. And um, to me, this means bringing these people, these leaders to a place of transmission or mastery where they can like take these learnings and share them with those that they lead. So they can in turn create a more beautiful world around them. So there's a really big mission and purpose behind it. It's very exciting. Um, so we were in our, our second month this morning and it was on character. <laughs> and uh, we got into a big conversation about what happens when you have to make a decision that is very hard to make that you know you need to make that aligns with your values but that seems like the hard decision to make and how that feels and how you react and how it feels if you make the decision that's aligned and how it feels if you make the decision that's not aligned because um i can definitely say i've been on both sides <laughs> of that coin in my life right um and it was uh, very, very enlightening. Um, yeah, and so it was, it was very uh, inspiring to see that even though we all have different stories, all of these leaders were able to immediately connect and be authentic and open to what it feels to be not aligned and have a really good conversation around that. Sometimes that can create a lot of fear and people don't want to admit that maybe they don't align with their values sometimes, um, but that's reality. Like I actually say that's part of being human. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know how often I do it, but I try to pay attention, but I definitely, there's definitely times I make decisions that don't align with my values and I have to decide if and how I'm going to circle back on that, you know? So uh, the first two thoughts that come to mind as you share this is first of all, the struggle indicates the journey. So when we talk about authenticity, it isn't that we're going to be totally aligned all the time. It isn't that we're going to get this thing perfectly. It's that you were struggling with it and we're wrestling with it. And it is bloody hard work. And a lot of people would just rather close the door, not have a look at it, put their nose down and just do their work and then come home and drug or anesthetize themselves from the struggle. So the fact that you're wrestling with this indicates, Ali, in my mind, that this is the authentic journey, because this is what authentic leaders do. They wrestle with this sometimes. And if you haven't come up with wrestling with your own values, you haven't gone deep enough in your values. I say this around culture. You know, we have these nice values on the wall that we say this is what we stand for. But I'm going to tell you, if you haven't had to test those values under pressure, you're not living those values. They're just platitudes. And if you're not testing your own values under pressure, because that's the ultimate time right that you know when your values are if you're not testing those values under pressure you, they're just uh, they're platitudes in your own life so the question for me would be how do, could you have, do you have a story around that about how you know when you're misaligned with your values or when you're up against what i would call a values conflict do you have an example in your own life around that <laughs> oh dave <laughs> i mean like it 
Yeah, it happens a lot. <laughs> um, so I think, okay, so <clears throat> I'm going to use a personal one because it's just what's coming to my head right now and not a leadership one. And uh, my husband knows about it. So, <laughs> but okay, so uh, as you know, and some of our listeners know that my husband has struggled with a brain injury and one of the resulting effects has been uh, a loss of memory, short-term memory. So he doesn't really remember what's happened from moment to moment. And this is going to sound really simple, but it's really outside of my value of honesty. He quite often will repeat something and he will ask me if he has repeated it. And there are times where I'm honest with him <laughs> and I'll tell him that he has, and I can see how that hurts him. And then there are times where I will say, oh no, honey, like it's okay. And I can see how that doesn't take his day down. <laughs> so it's a very challenging values misalignment for me. Um, and I know, I feel like he values both. Do you know what I mean? Like we've had this conversation out of these moments and I think he values both uh, responses because there are times where he can hear that and there's times where he can't. And I think as I look at that in the bigger picture, sometimes that's where mis misalignment of values comes from for me. Like personally, maybe I'm not ready to actually hear something in a way that is going to align with my values. Does that make sense to you? Like sometimes I'm just a little closed off and that's why I'm having the misalignment. Now Chris is obviously has a medical condition, but it's a values misalignment at the end of the day, right? So it was really challenging for me for the, for the first time I was like, no, you didn't already say that, right? And now, and now I'm like, and now he's, you know, we've talked about it and he's like, it's okay if, if I, I'm having a bad day and it doesn't seem like it's something that's going to make our day better. It's okay to say that to me. He's not offended, but it was a struggle and it was a hard conversation to have with him. And I had to sit down and be like, I have to be really honest with you about this, but I'm not being honest all the time, but I don't want to hurt your feelings, right? So I think sometimes we, especially as we grow up, like I really, I really um, connect with teenagers and young adults these days because we don't always know who we are. And so um, at least for me, I thought to know who I was to was to try and be everything to everybody. And that draws you right outside of who you are <laughs> very quickly, right? So you become very misaligned with your values and who you want to be as a human being because you're trying to create this experience of being everything to everybody instead of being yourself for you. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And you know what? There isn't a person who's listening that cannot relate to being in a relationship with somebody. And do I be honest, 100% honest with them? So here's what I know about you and about me as authentic people is one of the one of the premises around authenticity is it takes two values to express authenticity, honesty and respect. And we've all been in meetings where we heard somebody say something and it was, just, it, it was in, I'm thinking in my own mind, that's really stupid. But if we're honest about that, then we're not respectful. Yeah. The other extremes, we don't say anything. And then we're respectful, but then we're not honest. Mm -hmm. So how do you, and so what I'm hearing you wrestle with 
is not that you are um, dismissing your value of honesty with Chris. I'm hoping I'm understanding this right. Mm -hmm. what, this, what I relate to is not that you're dismissing your value of honesty, but you're also holding another value in place, which is respect. Mm -hmm. I want to respect him. And that right now is taking precedence over honesty. And that is the wrestling. That's what we wrestle with. That's where our values come up against each other. Yeah. And I'm so, and so it, the experience of life, right? I don't want him to feel like he's being, yeah, told that what he's saying is wrong. It's only his perception of what's going on, right? Like that's what I'm using the word respect. What, what is the value that you would say is surfacing that is taking priority over, over honesty? The first word that comes to mind is like integrity but I don't know if that's right. I haven't actually made that connection. So you're kind of bringing me to that place right now, but that's the first word that came to my mind as you said that. It's like, uh, I really pride myself on doing the right thing, <laughs> even when nobody's looking. Right. And the right thing probably is being honest with him. <laughs> right. And if you're not honest, if you just are polite mm -hmm. and just push honesty aside, then what value are you surfacing? when you are caring about compassion yeah this is this is really very it's a wonderful example because do i be honest or do i be compassionate and those wrestle with we wrestle with each other mm -hmm. with them and what what do you what do you come up with do you ultimately just go back and forth because i believe if you make a conscious decision at this moment i'm going to choose to be compassionate and I'm going to keep my integrity. I'm just, I'm just pushing my honest, I'm setting my honesty aside for the sake of being compassionate right now. Mm -hmm. And maybe in the long run, that's not going to be compassionate, but I'm going to do the very best I can to make that clear right now. And so how I do that, Dave, is just by being present, right? So um, staying aligned with my values. So when I am misaligned, I am not present. <laughs> I know that. So I've been able to identify that. I am not paying attention. I am off in another world. I am avoiding pain and seeking pleasure. <laughs> Something like that, right? And so that's how I know that I've become misaligned too. Does that? Uh, yes. So um, for me, what misalignment would be, would be, inauthenticity would be, would be, because um, I, I could give you lots of examples with my wife where I'm not necessarily like when she wears, a, when she will put on a dress and she says, how does this look? And I have, a, I have this values conflict. Do I be honest or do I just, do I be polite? And, and most of the time she looks beautiful, but there's some times that I wrestle with the same, I mean, in a small, much more minute way than you are. What, what do I say about this? And where I dismiss it, where, I, where I'm inauthentic, is if I just do what's easy. And I just, you know, oh, I don't feel like an argument right now. So I'm not going to stay with it. And I just dismiss it and then just get busy doing something else. And I'm just polite about it. Versus being very intentional about saying, you know what, I'm going to choose to not have honesty be out front today. I'm at this moment, I'm going to choose because I'm noticing 
that she's a little vulnerable and a little tender right now, and she could use some pure compassion. And I will make a conscious choice to do that. And I will consciously decide I'm going to be dishonest in this moment. Yeah. Is that authentic? I don't, I think it is because I'm, I'm at least doing it consciously and yeah. intentionally. And you know, if I always, if, but I have to look at my motive underneath that. Am I just doing it because it's the easy thing to do? And if I do that as a pattern, then we are, we are going to miss some intimacy in our relationship because we're not going to be real with each other. I'm not going to be real with, with Val. So I think that's a really interesting point you brought up. And so that's where I brought the masterclass today too. So their challenge in the month that we're apart is to identify what the behaviors are that support these values and what the behaviors are that cause them to fumble and to see if they can put their finger on some of that. Because for me in my life, it's been awareness, right? If I am aware, I can't pretend like it didn't happen, good or bad, right? Um, so I think uh, it's going to be very interesting. I have a group of highly engaged leaders. I'm very excited to see where they go with this and what they bring back because um, I know they see the value in it. And I, I think that that's a really beautiful part of the work that we're doing. You know, when you get a group of truly engaged, authentic leaders in front of you and they are excited to look at their values and to look at what's hard and to look at what works and to really just open and shine a light on all of that, that's a pretty cool experience to have uh, as a leader as well. So um, yeah, it's going to be an adventure. Can we come up with a, a leadership example of what you might be experimenting with over the next month? It would be great to process that. Yeah, as far as the behaviors go. Yeah, so um, I'll take one of my values. <clears throat> so how about I use the value of courage? I feel like that uh, is very relevant in my leadership. So a few behaviors that I feel like would exemplify courage for me or that I know that I'm living aligned with courage would be, you know, that I didn't allow my fear to control my thinking. That would probably be one. So when those thoughts start to kick in, I could say to myself, hey, Allie, <laughs> is this fear talking or is this something you actually shouldn't do and be able to really like work through that conversation with myself? I also think uh, if I'm living from a place of courage, I'll see opportunity. So if I close off to that, I won't. It'll be harder to see the doors opening around me and to take those steps forward. And on the flip side, if I'm uh, living in some, I'm, I'm calling them, I don't really know what to call them yet, but fumble, like I'm fumbling or tumbling or falling behaviors. And so if I'm living in some of those behaviors, some of the things I've done that have been non-courageous in my life and my leadership have been to not show up in the way that I had intended. So this is a little bit deeper. I'm trying to figure out how to articulate this because this one's a little bit deep for me. And I was trying to figure out, I want to articulate this to them next month, but sometimes I commit to something that I know is a stretch for me. I know I need courage to accomplish and then I get scared. <laughs> so I don't show up fully. Does that make sense? I give it a really good effort and 
nobody really knows <laughs> that I didn't give it a hundred percent or that I held back a piece of learning or something that I thought was vulnerable or I needed courage to share. Um, and I think that is misaligned because it bothers me outside of that experience. Does that make sense? So I, I don't forget that I didn't include that. And then I kind of kick myself and say, Oh, those people like, they really, they would have got something out of that. I would have got something out of that. We could have all learned together. So your, re your reason for not going, doing a hundred percent is fear. I get fearful that, um, my ideas about authentic leadership, um could be frowned upon or that people might think i'm going too far off to one side or that i'm preaching something or you know all of those kinds of things and it's just all fear thoughts going through my head because authentic leadership there is no roadmap <laughs> it's about being you right and so um when those thoughts creep in you know as i'm talking about it, i'm like it's it's silly but it happens and it's real and so when that happens and i give into it I then live outside that value and then I face the consequence. So the consequence is crappy. It's a feeling of disappointment <laughs> and it sucks. In Whereas, yourself. yeah. Whereas if I worked through that, there's still a crappy feeling and I, I, I moved into alignment with my value, but I was still challenged. There's still that moment where it's hard. <laughs> But then once you get aligned, it goes away. Do you know what okay, I mean? So I do. So you said you get a crappy feeling. There's a lot of us, myself included, that at times doesn't even know that I'm having a crappy feeling when it's there. And I have to stop and actually tune in to how do you know that you're having a crappy feeling? Can you tell can you describe mm -hmm. how you actually know that a feeling is crappy? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of an obvious question. But I don't think it's obvious for, all, for us all, especially when I get really busy. I don't even know. It might be different for a lot of people. So my body crappy, my neck gets tight, my stomach gets tight. I'll clench my jaw and I'll probably get a headache. So that's my body crappy. And then my mind crappy is that I fall into this like downward spiral. <laughs> so I just start talking myself down. I start in my really good place. I'm like, this is an awesome idea. And then some sort of thought comes in, then another crappy thought comes in and Velcro's on and it just pulls this like wonderful idea down into the darkness. <laughs> I never see it again. This is my cartoon vision of it. <laughs> just grabs it and pulls it down. <laughs> it's like the devil in the cartoon. But um, yeah, it just kind of disappears into the abyss. But there's always this lingering what if. It doesn't quite go away. And the result, I mean, obviously I've done a lot of the mindfulness work and the resulting effect on the body is terrible as well. I know when I've had one of those days, I'm exhausted. I am not a good tired. I feel like I need an Advil at the end of the day, right? Like, and it's like, no, you like, you didn't work within your purpose today. You didn't work within your values, your alignment. Something went off somewhere. You didn't do what you set out to do. And that's okay. But I think on those days, it's important for me to sit down and reflect as well. So this inspires me because this is illustrates what the authentic journey is. 
So I'm going to ask you another really kind of obvious question for you, but how did you get to the point that you could tune into your body that well? What process did you go through to know when you're having a crappy body response? Uh, Oh, well, I meditate every day. So that's a big piece for me. So, um, and the resulting effect, what do I want to say? The, um, the bonus to meditating every day isn't sitting down and meditating every day. It's that I become more present throughout the rest of the day. And so when I have presence, I'm able to tune in quicker to when my body becomes misaligned. Right. Yeah. Right. So you, you, it, you got to slow down and you oh. got to pay it. You got to be very attentive. And that's hard in this world these days. It is. There's a lot of demands. There's a lot of things going on. I have like a lot of things I need to do still tonight. (laughs) And that is reality. And that is life. But I get off this call with you and I say, okay, what's next? And what's most important right now? And maybe some of it has to be a no. Maybe that's reality. (laughs) But you can't if you get yourself all worked up into a tizzy about it all, you're never going to be in a good body place to get through it. And as soon as your body shuts down, your mind shuts down right behind it. So, um, so at least, at least you're wrestling with it. You know, this, and you're looking at the consequences and just, so what I'm getting from this is I want to just be more aware and I want to be more observant when I'm, when I'm making choices that, uh, are, are giving me a crappy body response. I want to know that. And I want to know what the consequences are. And I want to make some conscious choices. Yeah. And I might decide I don't have the courage to do that because I don't have the energy to do that today. Or I'm going to say, no, I'm going to take the courage. And I'm going to, I'm going to work through that because the consequences are always different if I make those choices. But just slowing down is just so inspiring to me to hear you just process this. Yeah. I think it's cool when we can get in touch with our, like being aligned with our values and know what our values are, because when we can understand what happens like in our body, in those moments, when we become misaligned and move back towards alignment, I think those are the steps towards really like loving ourselves and accepting ourselves for who we are and knowing that the journey is messy and that it's up and down and that's okay. And I think those are the steps towards being able to accomplish anything you want in your life because you understand that it's not linear. It's a journey and you're just going to figure it out. But when you resist and you fight and you go against your values, it's going to take you a lot longer to get there. And it's going to be a rough ride. And you absolutely need to stop and really know what you do value so that you know when you're going against those values. Because we all have values. It's just a matter of really being articulate about them so that we are aware when we're off and when we're on. Totally. And I think a really important thing to do too is like if you're listening right now and you are like, this is great, this values conversation. When you choose a value, ask yourself if this value is something that you will use as a filter against the hard decisions in your life. Because if you won't, I would question whether or not that's a value for you. They are a framework for making decisions. 
And it's the hard decision. And if they're not tested under pressure, they're not real values. Yeah. They're aspirational. (laughs) That's okay. It's okay to aspire to be something, but what do you truly value? Right? Wow. How important it is, is it to you? I guess before we wrap this up, this is so intriguing to me. How explicit do you make with your team about, about your personal values? Well, um, oh, that's interesting. Probably not as explicit as you think uh, verbally, but through my actions, I think they could tell you all of my values. It's like, you know, these are my values and if all else fails, I will tell you what they are. So you live them. You live them. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Well, this has been so inspiring to to watch you uh, wrestle with this. And I kind of got off the hook today because I got to ask the questions. So you've just made me think about, hey, where... Do I have value conflict? And what do I do about that? I'll come after you next week. (laughs) Yes, of course you will. Because I want to know about the meaning of life next week. So we're going to have a good conversation around that. You'll see some value, my own value conflict when it comes to that. Fair enough. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us once again for another episode of The Other Everest. It's our mission to continue to bring you engaging, heartwarming, and inspiring content. So if you have any feedback or suggestions, please feel free to visit davidirvin.com at any time, as we would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate it, or subscribe, or simply share the episodes with people you know who would also enjoy this conversation. Authentic leaders create ripples in time. Those ripples extend to generations yet unborn. And it's not just impact in the here and now, but impact in here and forever. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for being a part of this journey with us. Until we meet again.